0: What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and I'm here with the ever-fabulous Alex Felice, the, I don't even think I should say co-host, because if he does what he always does, I'll be the co-host of this episode by about five minutes in. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle 1,
1: you're cleared to depart friendly lines.
0: Roger. Vic 1, Oscar Mike. As soon as I'm done doing the intro, Alex will take over all the questions and we'll just, I'll sit back quietly and let him do all the hard work
2: and heavy lifting. So it'll be great. So the host of the show, Alex Felice. Uh, Alex, how are you doing today? David, I really appreciate you coming on and supporting me in my efforts on the Military Millionaire (laughs) podcast. Uh, Dude, I'm super, super thankful to be here. Excited as always. And um, I'm really excited to, to talk to our guest today. We talked a little bit before the show about purpose, something that I personally struggle with. Uh, I think a lot of people struggle with certainly our, our military on uh, Me too.
0: Brody and I met in Austin last month at uh, Jason Drees' event. He's got over 10,000 coaching sessions logged. as a, He's a performance coach and has been for over 15 years, worked uh, with Tony Robbins, now works with Jason Drees, and he's been doing coaching for a long, long time. Uh, and he gave a presentation on purpose and finding your purpose uh, and alignment in, in Austin. Uh, but more importantly, outside of the presentation, he and I just started talking about it uh, offhand, off, off to the side uh, while we were there. And, you know, he just kind of came up and was like, hey, if you ever need a guest, I'd love to come and talk about it. And I was like, you know, that's uh, one of the things that I, you know, resonates with me really deeply uh, within the veteran community. I think losing identity and purpose when you transition out of the military is a, is a very, very, very uh, under-discussed problem. And uh, I think it resonates with a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, after they go through the problem. So we're going to solve it right now, or at least talk about it. Rody, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Thank you for having me, and thanks for making the space to talk about this uh, foundational topic that we all uh, uh, live with, deal with, and uh, grapple with in our life and through different
0: stages of our life. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Thanks for creating the space for. Like, you want to give a little bit more kind uh, Background to who, who who Brody is and how you got into, you know, uh, being so interested in purpose. Before we we dig in the weeds, and have some fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a. I would say I'm an adventurer.
1: Um, I like to find my own answers. Uh, I like to ask questions and um, find you know, like I said my own answers to those questions. And it's a big world, and there's lots to explore. (laughs) Um, And I found that early on as a young adult, the guidance that I was getting from the authorities in my life, for me personally, just wasn't really directing me in in the direction I wanted to go. And so I bought myself a one-way ticket to Central America. I packed my backpack and went to find myself first thing after high school. And then once I got out of college, I went back, went to college, completed that, um, and then packed my backpack again and moved up into the into a teepee on the side of a mountain and went to find myself again even more. <laughs> and uh, what I was searching for was purpose. And at first it felt very exciting that I was setting out on this journey to find purpose, to figure out who I really was and what, what was important to me and what I was going to do. And um, over the next two, three years, I started to find that answering those questions, what's my purpose, why am I here, um, who am I really, they started to be very difficult to answer. And I, I sought out advice and input at the time. You know, there was no such thing. I didn't know about coaching. I had a little bit of an idea of what a mentor might be, but that wasn't the thing back then in my world. And I found it incredibly difficult to find people who could help me find my answers. And that's what coaching is. That's what led me to coaching is I found that when you give someone advice, it doesn't really stick very often. Um, Maybe 10% of the time, that person will actually take that advice and run with it and it will work. 90% of the time, it's irrelevant because they have something else going on. So coaching is the powerful vehicle to help somebody find their own answers. And um, what I I ended up going through got very dark for me. As a around 22, 23. It was one of the darkest, most difficult parts of my life, literally trying to find my purpose and feeling like I was losing my mind. And um, I actually got to a point where I completely blacked out. I went unconscious and lost my money. And luckily, I got it back. I'm fine now, but <laughs> um, that's the only time in my life I ever lost consciousness like that. And I don't know how long I laid there, but this is in the middle of the the forest floor, in the middle of the woods, trying to find myself. Like that kind of a, um, you know, difficult point in in my journey, a coming of age, a um, a crisis, personal crisis. And it got so bad that literally, I felt my brain disconnect and I blacked out. And when I came back, long story short, I started getting answers. And I, I felt, I had this experience where I felt my brain reconfiguring itself and could physically, it felt like it was physically plugging itself back in a new pattern. As I started to get these new, these answers of who I was and what I was here for and, um, that was the beginning of a journey where I've continued to get answers ever since. And because it was so difficult for me to find my purpose, it's become a, a big part of my mission to help other people find theirs. And I'm able, I do this all the time. Like um, it's one thing to have a theory, it's another thing to see it work
0: over and over and over again with people from all walks of life. And so that's why I'm happy. For For the record, uh, uh, South America, finding ourselves blackout. It uh either ayahuasca or no, dog. <laughs> that takes later.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, uh, that whole part of my life was um, very, very clean. Very, there was no drugs, no alcohol. I was literally on a vision quest to clear my mind and, and figure out what I was going to do with my life and what mattered and who I was when I discovered was that everything i believed wasn't necessarily true and that because you know there's other people out there who believe the opposite so who's right who am i to say and in that process all my truths all my beliefs crumbled and i felt like i was at a very vulnerable place and that i didn't have any answers that was pretty scary uh but yeah, the ayahuasca
0: came later. That, I did one one ayahuasca journey. I didn't actually know that that yeah, had been that a part of your story before. when that I was about asked about ten that years ago. Uh, yeah, it's, so pretty, awesome.
1: it's something you do if you're called and in the right situation. If it's part of your path, then uh, well, I made sure to do it uh, traditional. Um.
0: Anyway, it was something I was called yeah, for. You. I've heard it's it's been been some been very powerful, some but pretty cool, uh, and and um, yeah, way, uh, experiences. About that, we we looked into. Well, well, uh, my nobody I am close to listens to my podcast. We looked into doing that. Uh, we were in Peru um, at doing the Machu Picchu trek, uh, but you know we weren't there long enough to do it traditionally um, with a shaman, so wasn't uh, in the cards last year. But yeah,
1: it's one of those things where you need to be, you know, like a lot of things in life you're stepping into something you need to be willing to face fear and you need to be willing to face darkness. Um, we can all relate to what a dark thought is, a difficult experience in life, what fear is like when we confront it. Um, it's just a condensed experience where those things can come up. And so one of the greatest gifts I got of that experience among many was learning how to transform fear. And, uh, to me how that relates to purpose and all that is i've over the years i've discovered and developed a series of what i call purpose codes and these are processes and tools that i use to help people find their purpose and to step into it and align with it um and one of those is is this process of accepting what is it's you know this Uh, how to transform fear, the first step is accept what's here instead of resist it. Um, But anyway, that's a bit of an idea of sort of my background and why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about purpose. It's it's not the first thing people think of. Um, It's purpose. It sort of comes on the back end of things when you... Like people aren't looking for meaning first. People are looking for a you know a, a certain lifestyle, things they want to do, things they want to accomplish. But when what you're setting out to do isn't working or it doesn't feel right for you, and you feel like
2: there's more and you're made for more, and you're struggling, Brady, let me ask you. Um, part of the reason why I think veterans struggle is because um, you know the military gives a higher order of purpose, something that's bigger than themselves. Um, and this is the same thing religion does, right? It's something bigger than you. And then you're a piece of it. And, you know, there's, there's sort of guideposts within all religions to help answer a lot of these questions. Um, and so one of the, my criticisms of American culture now, especially, you know, I was, I was, uh, part of the problem actually is, um, too much self too much. Like, uh, this is, you know, my again, my purpose for my life and all these things. And, and it wasn't, it's too much about me and not about something bigger than me. And that was, uh, still is a big part of my problem. So I'm curious to your thoughts about how that, how that works within what you do.
1: So notice in my journey to get here, I had to lose, I said, I lost my mind. What I actually did was I lost myself in that, in that process. And I had to rediscover myself. So sometimes, I mean one of the things jesus taught was that you have to lose yourself to find yourself um two things i want to say about that one sometimes the old version of you needs to needs to die or go to bed <laughs> or go to sleep for the next version of you to lead and um always you know in steps to find your purpose Connecting and explore at least exploring something bigger than you and being in that process of exploring it and getting curious about it, opening up to it as a possibility. That's a great way to open the door to find purpose. Because when we're focused on ourselves, we're really focused on our ego. Um, And our ego is our thinking. Essentially, ego is who we think we are. And ego. The pattern of ego, it creates separation. So it separates us automatically from what's bigger, something that could be bigger than us, something we're a part of. It also separates us from true connection to our work and the people around us. It also separates us from our true self. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing is, there's a really negative connotation around being selfish right it's seen as a negative thing but to to truly be in service the more selfish we can be the better leaders we can become and let me clarify that so what i mean is if you're truly focused on what you really want and creating that and leading that and and focus on who you can be and what you can actually do and what's true for you i feel like you're going to produce a better result and that's a form of, you know, focus on self, but it's different than being like selfish, where you're taking everything for you. Nobody else matters. I'm the most important, right? Um, there's two different forms of selfishness, just like there's two different forms of self. One is our little self with that thinking mind, who we think we are, and one is our bigger
0: self. So that's, our, our awareness our conscious what's well, like the really oxygen mask thing before and you know labels. i mean if you if you don't have a before sense thoughts. of purpose or you don't if you don't have a mission or you don't have if you're trying to work through something you know like a i guess a good example would be uh you know my wife and i having a marital struggle and there's Also, like, time to spend with the kids or there's time to spend with us and it's like, well, we should spend all the time with the kids or we should spend the time working on us but if we spend the time working on us then we're pulling away from the kids and all this other stuff and it's like, well, if we don't spend the time working on us then the time with the kids is going to be split and so, it's tempting to spend all the time with the kids but you got to spend the time away from the kids in order to spend more time with the kids Like, and that's like a weird analogy but you know, people say being selfish is bad, right? Because that's how we grow up. You should be selfless and da, 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 da. There's a time and a place where if you need to turn the focus on you, it's the old like airplane oxygen mask thing, right? If you don't get yourself right, you can't really help or service other people in the way, you know, with full potential. Um,
1: Yeah, I agree. There's a process to being able to be selfless. is another way to say it, right? So, and sometimes the most selfless thing we can do is be selfish. Because for example, in the example you use with a relationship, you have got a relationship, you've got two people, right? And so who you bring to the relationship matters. And who you bring is dependent on how you take care of yourself and if your needs are being met. If you're and if you're um you know, essentially taking care of yourself. You have a good relationship with yourself that's really important for a, a good relationship with another person in and, and when you talk about mission having a mission when you're in the military you have a very clear mission right it's a great organization like you said alex you know where they're you're connected to something bigger than you you're, you're in service um, you're part of a team and so how do you And that's that you have a sense of purpose right one way of describing purpose is it's a it's a felt sense it's it's a quality of experience that we have a fullness to our life and our experience of what we do and then when you don't have that anymore you're not part of that that group um how do you recreate that or you know even if you're not in the military let's say you leave you you've you know you change careers and you're not you know, and you've been part of a team all this time, or you go it on your own and you start your own business. How do you create that camaraderie, that team, that mission? And, and I think that in order to get to that level of selfless service and purpose and mission where you're serving something bigger than you, uh, you have to go in and find yourself and what matters to you and why you're, what you're taking a stand for. Um, uh, versus just going out and being with everybody else, you know, you have to go inward and find yourself. Like I didn't know who I was and what I found was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I found out I'm, I'm much more than this, you know, this label called Brody Whitney and these thoughts that I have, but I, I discovered that actually my thinking is my thinking and I can actually observe my thinking. And step into this conscious awareness or witnessed version of me that is watching the whole thing, and and is available to to be a director, and I can actually operate from that place of conscious awareness. And then um, I'm not let's like I'm not in the you know I'm not necessarily on the ups and downs, the roller coaster of life that's happening, but I'm watching it. Now I can be a more effective leader. Now I'm not... Like when you go through a, a place of questioning your purpose and yourself and and it feels hopeless and you don't know what to do and you try stuff and it doesn't work and it doesn't fit with how you see yourself, Um, that you can get bowled over by the emotion. You can get taken out by the emotion. Right? Um, If you can... Like if you have... A sense of something that's important to you. Maybe that's your kids. Maybe it's a future family. Maybe it's a vision of yourself that you want to become. Um, or some sense of purpose or a difference you want to make. That is That can be essential to get you through those emotions. The other thing is, when you really discover who you actually are, then you have a tool to be able to not to, to lead yourself. You have a tool to be able to observe the emotions, observe the thoughts, ob- observe the situation, no matter how difficult it is, and ask questions from a witness place versus the one who's in it just having a really hard time. So I don't know if that makes any sense.
2: Like, this is, does that make sense? It's a bit abstract. T- can you tell me a little bit about, Can you tell me a little bit about like the actual process like when you meet somebody like what's that look like to help them yeah great so this is great this is where it'll become more tangible
1: so basically when people are trying to find their purpose they're usually they usually are asking and thinking um what am i supposed to do with my life and when they describe it they say i'm trying to figure out what i'm supposed to do with my life that's the most common phrase when people are trying to find their purpose and if they're trying to figure out purpose, then where are they? They're in their head. They're thinking about it. And with that strategy, they'll never come to a like a, a satisfying answer because our thoughts are always changing. And it might feel purposeful for a little bit, but it will change. And so changing the question is, a, is the better approach. So instead of you know, what am I supposed to do with my life? Um, or in your head, trying to figure out your purpose, you want to ask a better question. And a much better question is, who do I want to be and become? Because everything that we do, if you talk about what am I supposed to do with my life, everything you do comes from who you're being. And when you focus on being that version, what I found and working with a lot of people on this, it's, much easier to access who you want to be than do the things that you want to do without changing who you are. Right? So, for example, um, if you come out of the military and you're looking for what next and and on purpose for you, purposeful, and you're trying to figure out what to do to bring that sense of purpose back, um, you're going to struggle. Because nothing you do is going to give you the the fulfillment that you're looking for, because we're not human doings, right? We're human beings. So getting a vision of who you want to be and become, and that could be as simple as I want to be a great father, or I want to be a successful business owner, or I want to be happy in my life and, and have a sense of fulfillment and purpose. I want to have a mission again, and I want to be someone leading a mission. Then the, just the, 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 the being is much easier to access than the doing. So instead of saying, what am I supposed to do with my life?
2: Say, who do I want to be? Ralph Walden has a famous quote that says, a man is what he thinks about all day long. And I think that feels appropriate. I think about that a lot. Hey, let me ask you a hard question. Is Jason Drees a hypnotist? <laughs>
1: no, he's not a hypnotist. I don't believe you. <laughs> he's never I don't think he's ever studied as a hypnotist, but if you want to make if you want to help someone align and change their thoughts and break through limiting beliefs that are holding someone back, then simple things like hypnotic phrases can be very helpful. So, so
0: yes. So the context there is that Jason came on this podcast (laughs) and Alex, uh, we did the frame shifting exercise and Alex went through it and Alex has been doing all this videography and creative content stuff and, and that was kind of the point of the frame shift and afterwards Alex texts me or calls me and he's like, bro, I feel like I don't. I don't know what happened, but I I feel like I was just hypnotized, and I have no idea what happened. But that was whack. And I feel I feel he's like I feel like I was hypnotized, and it was a good show. And I still don't know if I believe all this stuff. And 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 that was what four months ago, five months ago, six months ago, something like that. I mean, we'll say six. And now, what are you doing full time?
1: one thing about a a brain shift is and and this relates to who you want to be versus what do you want to do um if i up if i led my life based on who i am by default not who i really am and the authentic me i mean just who i am by default I don't think I'd be a very effective person, honestly. I don't think I would be doing much that was worth talking about um, and making the kind of difference that I make in people's lives. I actually have to choose who I want to be. Um, I've actually had to come up with a vision of, a, of myself that inspired me. Before, it was, before I thought about anything about what I was going to do with that, You know, who do I want to be and become? And so I have explored just like you did Alex with the exercise with frameshift, you're exploring a a different version of you, um, a different way of focusing, a different identity, a different archetype, which is a pattern of focus. And so for me, it's been like, when I talk about who do you want to be and become as a way to find your purpose. That means going through a process of exploring the different versions of you. And it starts with, um, becoming aware of the versions of you that are currently leading your life and your focus. So one of the archetypes I would say for you, Alex, is, is the skeptic,
2: right? Oh look. Alex, no, Alex believes everything. I feel they called it my suspicious eyes, which I do about a thousand times a day. I'm just like, bullshit. <laughs> so that's one of the frames that you operate by.
1: And uh, it you wouldn't use it if it hadn't been helpful to you. Um, what happens when I go through this kind of a process with people is usually they'll discover there's a series of versions of themselves that are leading that really aren't, that are actually uh, not helpful. And even... Um.
2: E- even more so, you know, causing a lot of, a lot of struggle. Can you, can, so, can you add to that? Can you list some of those? Because I'd be really curious to know. I'd love to say some of that out loud so that somebody can, listening can say, oh, I do that. For sure. So the first
1: thing is to say, who's leading right now in my life? What version of me is this? And if I were to give, give them a name, what's their name? When I first did this, I discovered that the doubter the quitter, and the critic were leading my life. This is probably like 12, 13 years ago. And um, the overthinker is another one that comes up. The, the procrastinator, yeah, the doubter. But it wasn't just the doubter. It was the doubter, the quitter, and the critic. So the doubter in my mind would say, you can't do this. It's not going to work. And the, the quitter would say, well, yeah, well, why even start If if it's not going to work. And then the the critic would say, and who the fuck do you think you are anyway to do this? (laughs) And when I recognized that pattern, I realized, this was, you know, basically what happened is I hired a coach to help me get more present in my life. This is the first exercise we did. Right. And so this is with Ben Austin. I don't know if you know Ben, but incredible coach, incredible human, phenomenal leader. And that showed me the patterns in my life that were creating the chaos. Another mentor of mine, Mark von Muser said, without leadership, we have chaos. And so I had chaos because I did not have effective leadership. I also discovered some other versions of myself that were just fine, but really weren't going to get me where I wanted to go. One of them I called the beach ball. He just wanted to hang out and do that for all day long. And um, that was not what I was aiming for in my life. So that guy's fun. He's fun to hang out with
0: sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Uh, now you're a, a now fun. you're a dune buggy bum, or a side by side bum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: exactly. And then I started discovering. So the first part is who's leading. Get curious about that. If you can name them, awesome. The second part is to say who needs to leave. And this is another way of starting to explore: Who do I want to be? So, who needs to lead in my life right now? Um, and this is where you gain act. You, each one of us, every single person has access to any frame, any archetype you can dream up, and I think they're infinite. For example, the motivated couch potato, right? Loves just sitting on the couch all day long watching Netflix, and he's motivated to do it. Don't make it a priority. <laughs> or the, the king, or the, the general, the warrior, the magician, the husband, the father, the primal self, the lover, the future self, the little boy. Like these are some of the archetypes where you start to be able to tap into um, a whole new pattern of focus. And when you end versions of yourself, that you can trust to lead. This is a great way to organize our thoughts and, and steer our focus and, and step into our purpose all at the same time um, what version of me or versions of me do I trust the most? And literally over time, once you have leadership with inner leaders, this is about inner leadership, right? It's about organized, you know, you've heard of multiple personality disorder, well, well, have multiple personalities, and a lot of them aren't in order, <laughs> and that uh, this is a way to create some order, uh, and power, and effectiveness to our inner, inner, inner world. And so, since ex- since discovering and over these last ten plus years developing my most trusted version, which I call my king, the King's the one that carries the mission, and and along with that, having my warrior along with him who's ready to fucking go and do whatever it takes in any moment, that's a powerful team. That actually helps some of these less than optimal archetypes become useful. For example, every once in a while, I will invite the doubter to get input because he'll he'll consider options. He'll look at things in a way that nobody else will look at. But if he's leading, it's, it doesn't work and it's chaos. But if, if I have better leadership, if the king's leading, then he becomes the critical thinker. And all of a sudden they get perspectives that are very valuable. Doesn't mean I'm going to, they're true or I'm going to move forward with them or it's what's going to happen, but it's information that I can use when I'm looking at making
2: making a decision. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I don't really have much like experience thinking sort of in that way. So. What's the ramp up period when you get somebody to tell them all this stuff? Like, you know, how long does it take to get them acclimated to this sort of thinking and adjust and make it useful? Um,
1: extremely quickly, like within a twenty minute conversation, they've identified their archetypes and they've even identified uh, the archetypes they want to start leaning into and developing. Um, others that could take several weeks. You know, a call a week. Um, and in terms of getting someone started, it, it can take a five minute conversation in order, like in order to actually start experiencing and exploring and sort of stencing these different archetypes within yourself and being able to call on new architects, my experience is. For almost everybody, like ninety-eight percent of people, it's very quick, and they're way more available than than would make sense, right? Because if you think of yourself becoming this ultimate version of you, how long do you think it's going to take you? It's like we're hoping to hoping to do it in this lifetime, right? <laughs> Whereas with the archetypes, um someone call it shifting frames. It's another way to look at it you can gain access to their heartbeat, right? Like take a moment right now and get a sense of your king, the king
2: within you or that, that leader that you. I'm trust. not doing any more exercise. You little hypnotist. <laughs> well, are you afraid you might end up living the life you want? Just teasing, just teasing. Uh, <laughs> for
0: for the record, he, he got, he got the job doing the thing.
2: Pretty cool. Uh, I am not criticizing uh i have no criticism of jason trees or that conversation um i just thought it was a very very the best
0: part about it is you were like in a car in like the backseat driving around with like the worst service in the world like bouncing around in the backseat of a car on the way back from like somewhere with shelby or whenever while we were recording that show (laughs) yeah
2: i wasn't even like in like a quiet like vulnerable space i was in a moving car yeah it was really interesting but uh yeah this is stuff you can use this is real life
1: you don't need to you know go climb into a cave or go on a, a retreat to start using this stuff actually
2: real life is a great vehicle to um to apply this yeah i am uh, yeah i have no critic i mean that was that was a great that was a great experience i have no criticism but i have for the last few months i've been asking about you guys i'm like are they a bunch of hippies? and everybody says no but then you're like well you know it's got elements that might be considered and i'm like uh-huh but again not not critical i just um it's just been a funny little journey but but this stuff this stuff does work. Um yeah. It does. Certainly in my you know my very limited experience I was like look I, I did it on a podcast and it worked so I know one on one.
0: Well my answer yeah. would be I'm sure my, my call answer call. would be oh, uh somebody. that even Absolutely. even if it was 100% hypnotism. It shouldn't come doesn't work?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, Again, I have no criticism.
0: Yeah. I don't care. It's I mean, like, just, uh, to put a name to it and it's like the, name. uh, you know, everybody that's hate not everybody, but a lot of people hate on, uh, you know, Robert's book, rich dad, poor dad. They're like, Oh, well it was not real. And I'm like, okay. He found a creative way to make a really boring subject written in a way that's easy to digest. that got a ton of people interested in a topic that changed their life. Who cares? It's harmless. Yeah, I'm
2: not a stickler for, um, I'm not, you know, snakes don't talk, but the Bible still works. Like I'm not a super stickler for, um, you know, what's, what real, uh, in terms of like technical. But is there an- another approach. Yeah, please. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Cause there's so many, honestly, I, what I believe is we're all looking for our own approach that works for us and that life is giving us over and over and over again, all kinds of ways to find our purpose. Some are inside the box, some are outside the box. But I honestly believe that life is directing us in this direction. Maybe it's, you know, the conversation you had with the person at the till. Or, you know, the bad haircut you just got. It, it, whatever. Life is always unfolding to, in this direction. A couple other others that work for me is understanding that the story you're telling yourself is your life and your experience. And so this is another way where if you've got the skeptic, or you've got the doubter narrating your life, then the result in the experience, you can actually predict them if you step back and think about it. So what's the story you're telling? And give it a good story. And is it guiding you to where you ultimately want to go? That's one is looking at story. The The one I use first with, with most clients is called present moment purpose. And this is something, I haven't heard it anywhere else. Um, It's based on the premise that we're all already living our purpose. We're right now in this moment, in this present moment, we're on our path. It couldn't be any way, because we can't argue with reality. So the question isn't, what's my purpose? Um, and I'm not, and I need to find my purpose. The question is what's the purpose I'm living right now in this moment? Like, what's the story that I'm living right now? Who am I being right now? It's all the same question. And I'd invite you to ask yourself that question. What's the purpose I'm living right now? What that does is it, it reconnects us to our purpose. Cause a lot of people are trying to find their purpose or What they're going to do with their life, and believing that they're disconnected from it. Actually, right in this moment, you're fully on your path. The question is, you know, is this a true reflection of what you're made for, and what you believe you're capable of? And if it is, awesome. If it isn't, what would feel purposeful? What? How could you improve? Like, what could you do to feel more on purpose? But instead of saying, what can I do to be more on purpose from a place of I'm not on purpose, it's very different than
2: I am on purpose and how do I, how do I create even more of this? What about um, asking other people what they think? Is that a useful exercise? If you say, hey, I don't know what my purpose is. What if you ask your friends and family what they see about you that you maybe don't see? Yeah, it, it's, it, it is important who you ask.
1: For sure. Um, and it's one place to look. There is, uh, like in a traditional, what would it be? Like a, a traditional process of finding one's purpose, let's say in, in, a, in, a, in traditional tribes in the past, people would go through a rite of acid, right? To find themselves. Maybe it's, you know, four days in the wilderness with no food, no water. And then they come back and then they're re-welcomed into the tribe and in that process, they're witnessed by the tribe as an adult or in a, in a new role in the, in the tribe or community and that witnessing helps to solidify their new identity or their new role, right? So other people are, are powerful reflections for us and can be very helpful in this kind of a process. Number one, ask people you trust, ask people. People who you feel are gonna give you an honest, valuable input. Um, and also check in to see if it's true for you, the input. Don't just believe what other people are saying.
2: Because nobody knows you. <laughs> and what? Yeah, do, that like, that part's not a weakness of mine because I'm skeptical and I sort of have the opinion. I say this I say this about seventy five percent playfully, but I'm sort of my general consensus about the world is that everybody in the whole world except me is an idiot. So I don't really take much of what they say with uh with the, uh, I, i very, very like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll take what you think, but I'm not buying it. Uh, yeah. Without, without deep analysis. It's just, that, that's it. Yourself. If you wanted to know if I was a skeptic, that's how I start. That's like how my brain starts. <laughs> well, there, there
1: is like we even sign there. There is a lot of BS out there. Um, you know, in my world of coaching, there's a lot of people who are not coaches. They're consultants or salespeople. And what, what coaching is, again, it, it's helping people find the answers that are in them, and, and to find a way to communicate this stuff with an individual or a group that resonates with them, that hits home for them. I think a lot of stuff I said in the beginning, maybe kind of abstract for people It's kind of opening up doors Some listeners are going to be like, holy shit, like I needed to hear that and that triggered something for me. That's in a good way. Other people are going to be like, I don't get it. So what we're striving for here is what's one thing that you could make and explore? Let the skeptic lead, but test it out. For example, when I first heard about, you know, visualizing and manifesting stuff, I was like, whatever. I mean, that's not going to work. And then I tried it. I experimented with it. And I was like, holy shit.
0: <laughs> um, this is a powerful duel. Well, So. It, and it kind of goes back. So kind of goes back to and the speed. Got... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, it kind of goes back to the same idea as the. Hypnotism. It's like. With a lot of that stuff. Whether it works or not, or you believe it or it doesn't. My my mentality's kind of been, yeah, but when it comes to something like, you know, the idea of what you think becomes reality, and the idea that if you think negative thoughts, that's what comes, and if you think positive thoughts, that's what comes, and you manifest the reality. If you think that's bullshit or you don't think that's bullshit, well, if you think it's bullshit, that's great. Uh would you rather be wrong and have erred on the side of positive thinking or be wrong and have erred on the
2: side of negative thinking
0: <laughs> rather be wrong and have erred on the side of positive thinking
2: <laughs> like yeah well as much as i'm skeptical i also am sort of of this position where anybody who's in there I'm, I'm 39 so i'll be 40 but I, I think anybody who looks at their life and and you know is listening to this and says well i want to find that purpose or i want more as soon as you're in a position especially if you're an adult right if you're 18 maybe even up to like probably 25 and you don't know who you are. It's like, well, of course you don't. Um, But if you're, if you're an adult and you've seen a little bit of life and you're still, I think there's always gonna be a never ending question about like purpose and meaning. I think that's inherent. Um, But anybody who has that problem and wants to solve it and then is now willing and and now is saying like, I'm not going to do this, that, and the other thing, because I don't think it will work, even though I haven't tried it. I think you, you, well, first you found your first big problem for sure. Um, and so like, anytime you're like, I have a problem and I want to solve it, then the first thing should be like, well, you should approach all, you should consider all angles at least. And, um, there's a lot of things out there that, you know, I, you know, life is just a, is, is a lot of figuring out the things that you thought, you know, aren't right. So the first, the first, in my opinion, step would be like, well, what are all the things that I, how do I say it? If I'm, if I don't have the life I want, I have yeah, it. I,
0: I, I meant before. to go back real quick and revis revisit the part where yeah. Alex said that, I uh-huh. love that the whole world is idiots. Um and just point out the if you've ever heard the phrase about like if you're you got like a friend group and you're like, Man, there's nobody in my group that's the weird one, then you're the weird one. Move on. I just have to get like one one jab at Alex every show, or it's not a good show.
1: What I what I'd love to see for people, because there's a lot of conversation in this in this come in this in this conversation. There's a lot of poker fun thinking. Right, we do a lot of thinking. We want to figure stuff out. We got a bullshit meter, all that stuff. Um, but how do we find out if something is actually true for us? And we can't figure that out with our head. We can use our head to find the right strategy, but we can't figure out if something's true, as far as I've found. But truth is my number one value. So how do I find it? We all want truth. We all want to find our truth, live our truth, and experience truth. How do we find it? It's not in thinking. One way to find it is by tuning into your physical body. And how your body responds to certain input and and actually starting to use your body as a vehicle to identify truth or alignment or purpose. It's all the same thing. Purpose, alignment, truth, it's all the same. And our head, our thinking is going to tell us all kinds of things. The challenge with our thinking is it's largely designed for survival not for happiness. And so it's giving you all the warning flags on why something might be bullshit or what. look out for this. You might, they might get get the wall pole over your head. You might lose your, you know? And so thinking's gonna give you all the warning flags. But your thinking mind is very different than your unconscious mind that's aware of so much more. So how do you tap into your unconscious mind Um, it's through your body. That might sound very abstract right now, but it's not. It's very tangible. You have a physical body, right? And your body uh, has physical sensations, contraction, relaxation, right? So you can tune into and pay attention to how your body responds to certain input, not in your emotions, not in your thoughts. Those can still happen but by paying attention to how your physical body responds. If it relaxes and feels like it's expanding, it's truth. If it tenses up and contracts, it's not true for you. Or even more specifically, it's not true for you now. So if you're considering, um, you know, for example, you're considering a, a a new career path, or you've got an option between two different jobs. How do you choose? Um, This is one way. You can basically imagine yourself saying yes to one and notice what your physical body does. Does it tense up and contract or does it relax and expand? Um, That's one way to tune into your unconscious because your thinking brain that's measured uh, is able to process 40 bits of information per second. So, the tool we use all day long to think processes about 40 bits of information per second. Our unconscious mind, guess how much it can process per second? 4 million bits per second. So, if we can start to tap into that, then we become more effective in our decision making. How important are decisions? How, How important are decisions? Making decisions from a place of alignment.
2: Well, I also like this someplace. because you're, you know, you are what you do. It doesn't matter what you tell people you are, or even what you tell yourself. And, you know, some examples, like everybody sort of knows me now as a photographer. And it's, and it's not because I tell them I'm a photographer. It's not because my Instagram, which it doesn't say photographer, my Instagram doesn't say photographer. It's because every time you see me, I'm holding a camera. Right, and I'm giving you pictures of you, or whatever the case. Um, and so, real estate investors the same way. It's like, how do you know you're a real estate investor? It's because you. Is it because you put you on your profile? Or is because you say it? Or is because you want to do it? Or is because you tell people you're a real estate investor? I do think there's some value in like saying things out loud. I do, but uh, I can tell you can tell in a balance sheet, right? It, 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 yeah. Like you can tell why because I went to the title co- company and I and I signed for a property and I had to deal with a tenant and it's the behaviors that you do. So I like this exercise because. Well, I like the sort of the, the how we got here because I do think life is so much about what you. It's all what you've done, and very little about what you, you know, aspire to do. Or I mean, those are important, but at the end of the day, when you look back on your life, it's going to be the memories of who you are, not all the things that you could have done in your head on when you were daydreaming. Those those go away. And yeah. uh, and 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 you said earlier about overthinking, and I think a lot of people do suffer from. Um, uh high neuroticism Dave is like the effing worst (laughs) right he is so neurotic and, and I just tease him and tease him and tease him and he just I just get to I just get to plant nuclear bombs in his head no no effort on my part and um and it's it's like you know you can you can go through this whole thing about your head about like oh I'm gonna start you know a podcast and it's gonna do great but then you know it'll be a lot of work and then well, I'm gonna quit in five years anyways. And you go through this whole like process in your mental in your head and your mentally, and then you don't end up doing it. And it's like, this is all for nothing. Or, you know, I wanna be a real estate investor. And you think about all the, oh, what if my tenant tears my place up? So then yeah, I just I just end ever end never end up doing it. Or sometimes worse, 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 I think people get excited about their theoretical success in their head. And then they never have to do it because they're sort of satisfied about what they could do. Oh, I, I'd write a book and it'd be a bestseller. So like, I'm kind of good because I don't, I don't have to do it now because I, I know that it would be so successful. And it's like, this is, this is the, maybe the most unhealthy, one of the most unhealthy things a person can do to themselves. Um, and so I just, I just, you know, I don't really have a question. I just wanted to comment. Like, I love that the, the focus is on on the physical rather than the mental. Well, I mean, we start with this question, what am I
1: supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to be doing? That's going to be meaningful to me. And so I'm just offering some, all the, what I have found to be the quickest ways to get, there cause it's really hard to figure out what you're supposed to be doing with your life, <laughs> with thinking alone. But all these exercises, I think I've shared three different ones on this podcast, they're all, they're not the end of the road. They're to lead you back to what you're here to, to do and create, because again, if you can if you can identify who you want to be, for example, you could be a realist you could be a, a real estate investor, or you could be a successful real estate investor. And those are two different identities that you can start with. So what does a real estate what does a real estate investor do when you're just getting started out? What does a successful real estate investor do? They they have different they do different things, right? And so if I, w- I want to be a coach, do I want to be a, a coach or do I want to be a professional coach? What do professional coaches do compared to all the other coaches up there? Well, I want to do those things, but it's who I'm being. And if you can identify a version of you and when you can identify a version of you that inspires you, that you authentically want to be and become, and it requires growth to get there, that's all you need. You're going to do the things to get there once you have identified who you want to be, because that's the real motivation, and it's much more accessible than creating a certain result or doing a certain activity. Like, if you decide you're going to be an athlete, here, here's a great example. Uh, before I even knew anything about coaching, I was a custom furniture builder. In my own company, I built custom furniture for like eight years. And at a certain point, what was once my passion, thats all I wanted to do, became my prison. And its I just needed to get out. My body was a mess. I was in my shop all day, all the gear, just in this like prison. But I'd built this great business and I... Uh, and my And I needed change. And every time I asked, so here's, when you ask someone, I went out and I told people, and I asked people, do you think I should quit this business and I'm done? And everyone said the exact same thing for like almost two years. They said, literally word for word, you can't quit now. You built this great business and you need to make such beautiful furniture. I think probably 10 different people told me that. And I bought the story every time until I had a breaking point and I uh shut the breaker down and locked the door behind me and i turned around and i asked put my arms up to the sky and i said what's next i'm done and then the first thing i learned was the power of identity and i learned that everything that we do were we do to try to align with who are our, our identity. The most powerful force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent with how we define ourselves so i was in a stage of my life where i was my only identity was woodworker i was a father and that but when i went through the exercise i was like i'm a woodworker what do i do i read woodworking magazines i i do woodworking right and so i thought well this is not what i want to do anymore for one thing my body is the not doing well with it. I had a herniated disc. I had arthritis. I was breathing dust all day long. Just wasn't healthy. So I said, "Well, what would what's an identity I could just pick that would change my life?" And at the time, uh, like as a teenager, I was an athlete, but I'd let that go in those that those first ten years is in my twenties, and then around thirty, I said, "You know." That was when I needed the change. And so I I picked a new identity. And I thought, well, I need an extreme change. So it kind of needs to be an extreme new identity. So I picked an identity. I called it Fitness Freak. (laughs) Which was so not what I was doing. But as soon as I adopted that identity, I started doing different things. And a week later, um, longer story short, I discovered soccer. And a week later I was on the field and there was this moment where I looked down and my shirt was soaked in sweat and it was this moment where time stood still. And it was this moment where it was like, I'm a new person. This is the first time I sweated from like physical athletic activity since I was a teenager and that there was an integration there that happened. And it's not fitness break for me anymore. and This is like what? 15, 16 years later, it's, I, I'm an athlete. I consider myself an athlete and, and I do that on purpose because it causes me to do the things that athletes do. I take care of my body. I'm in good shape, right? I, you know, and that sharpens my mind. It makes me healthier, makes me a more effective and a more
2: fulfilled person, but I chose, Notice this, I chose the identity. Before. Yeah, I like that because it prevents people from, which is what most people do. They stumble through life into what just like, well, I got to make money, so I'll go get a job. That just, I'll go get a job. And then they end up, there's no identity in some like middle management, corporate bureaucracy where you're just like, you know, totally. I'm a mid-tier underwriter. And it's like that, I mean, maybe that's an, I mean, look, there are great underwriters in the world. And there are people that can make money and there, and there are people that, you know, that have that skill set. And it's like, well, if that's really your identity, then you'll be great at it. But if you're sort of stuck in some nowhere middle of the road you know part of life then my guess is you have not sort of decided you just yeah. you just fell into it or whatever so i like that by saying like hey if, if i said you know i'm not an underwriter i have that skill set or whatever but like i knew that that was not my identity and actually um i told uh, i think it hit me one day where i'll say this i know david's kind of tight on time but i'll say this last thing is i i was talking to a guy a friend of ours named dustin heiner and he was like, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. real estate. And I do owned, you know, I own a couple million dollars of real estate. I did okay in real estate and I'll buy more as, as time goes on. But I realized, I was like, man, if somebody writes real estate on my gravestone, I'm going to fucking freak out. <laughs> I would hate that. I would be really, really upset if that ended up being my identity. And that's what I realized, I was like, okay, there's money in this, but it's not, It's I can't become it because that's not who I am. Yeah. So I I do think there's power in sort of saying those things out loud, like, you know, is that really going to make you happy? If you say I am a real estate investor, if people for the next twenty years say I am a real estate investor, or you—you know—they despise you that way. Are you going to be okay with it, or is—is is that going to frustrate you? Then I think that's a really interesting way to sort of approach it. Totally.
0: I know yeah. what I'm putting on your tombstone.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're going to put "I wrote this, and now I'm going to be haunted by Alex's ghost forever." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you weren't so old, I wouldn't be the one writing on your tombstone, but. <laughs> Oh man, Brody, this, uh, man, there's a lot in here. And I love that we talked about like <clears throat> the archetype and the, you know, the, the questions asked and the, you know, actionable stuff and like all the different, just a bunch of different types of approaches to walk through ways, because this is, you know, it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of different journeys that people can go on to, you know, it's not a one, one shoe fits all, one size fits all, uh, type of thing, yeah. um, that being said, where can people reach out to you, or uh, you know, get a hold of you if they'd like to touch base, ask some questions, talk to you? Pick, uh, I'm not going to say that phrase, uh, you know, talk about purpose. Yeah, so
1: there's there's two projects I have on the go. One is for people who are along with their purpose, they're looking to create uh, financial freedom um, and financial abundance. A lot of people because you know if you don't have your money game together life can be pretty stressful and take you out and it'd be really purpose doesn't matter sometimes if you're trying if you can't pay the bills right so we have a project um i partnered with a guy mario sandoval who went from 80k to 8 million in a year when he launched his entrepreneurial journey this was four years ago um and we have a project called money vision purpose uh, Check out the URL, moneyvisionpurpose.com. We have a two-day live mastermind where he's gonna be teaching his um, his strategy on how he did it. And that's May 1st and 2nd. So that's Money Vision Purpose. We're on all the social media platforms. Um, and I have a solo project called the Purpose Quest, the where I'm training coaches, training leaders in these purpose codes and in this vehicle, this leadership style called coaching leadership where you're helping people find their own answers.
0: And, um, I love it. really class. simple so the to remember the purpose domain name. so I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: gotta keep it simple. Simple's great. All the stuff we talked about here, it they're all simple systems. Our thinking will overcomplicate them, but if you take one of the exercises we talked about here and experiment with it, you're going to realize it's a simple process. Just check it out, does it work for you? Easy is a totally different thing. Simple does not necessarily mean easy. Sometimes we need to get over some of our preconceptions or our judgments to give ourselves permission to try something new, right? And open a new door. So yeah, as, as simple as we can make it, the better. And finding things that work versus things that don't work that's a, another great approach.
2: I have a long list of things that don't work. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Do not recommend. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Brody, thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks for making it real. Always. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes, now get out there and take action.